Okay. 
about your grace there's no other word to describe it but amazing because you did not give us what we deserved you didn't you didn't treat us fairly Lord you didn't treat us fairly you did not give us what you we deserved you gave us what we didn't deserve you gave us life gave us the spirit you gave us forgiveness you gave us mercy you gave us grace all the things that we didn't deserve we received at your hand by the cross of Christ and we worship you today father we worship you and we thank you today for the mercy and grace that flows from Calvary thank you father help us today Lord as we, you have helped us as we worship you in song. Help us now as we worship you and give. Help us as we pray. Help us as we listen to your word. Spirit of the living God, anoint us to hear the word of God today. Anoint our hearts as we give, Lord. That we will not give out of fear. We will give out of joyfulness. We will give out of cheerfulness. We will give out of faith and trust because we believe that you are able to meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You are not hindered by our circumstances. You live in our circumstances. And so by faith, we give to you today so that the work of God can continue 
Lord, we're not here to build an empire. We are here to build a kingdom and to see it expanded. Help us to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Um, this is an accident waiting to happen right here. This is, a, this is America's Funniest Home Video potential right here. Um, for those of you who may be listening on the cloud, um, the steps here are draped in sheets because we are representing snow. We're in the Himalayas for Vacation Bible School. This is not a good thing. I'm walking on the snow, slippery when wet. Um, Brother Art, it's good to have you and Jill here with us today. I, 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 heard, I heard your comment about the, um, you know, if you want to do the work of ten men, hire, hire one woman. I, I was reading, I saw a story the other day um, about a husband and a wife. Uh, the husband's very, very successful CEO of a big company, and he and his wife were out on a road trip, and as they were driving along, the husband noticed that they were just about out of gas. And so uh, he pulled off at the next exit, and they, uh, they found a gas station, but it was just this little gas station with, like, one pump. And so the husband, uh, the guy came out, and the guy, he asked him to fill the tank, and while he was filling, the, the, the tenant was filling the tank, the husband walked around, stretched the legs and, and, uh, and everything. But he looked back, and he saw his wife and this gentleman having an animated conversation, and um, so when he got back in the car, he, and uh, as they were getting ready to drive away, the, the, the guy waved to his wife and the wife waved back. And he says to him, he's, his, he says to his wife, did you know that gentleman? And he, she goes, yeah, we went to high school together, believe it or not, and, it, and, and everything. And he, go, he goes, wow. He goes, imagine if you would have married him, you could be the husband of a, uh, of a gas station attendant. And she goes, if I'd have married him, he'd have been a CEO. <laughs> oh well, let's just uh, let's just bring our thoughts to, together today uh, on the Word of God, and let's just uh, let's just have a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for your Word. We thank you, Lord, that. Um, it's true. It is true in every circumstance. And Lord, you want, us to, you want us to know and understand your word, but we need your spirit to reveal the truth to us. And so we just ask your Holy Spirit to be with us today and help us to understand your word because we live by the word. Your, Jesus, you said to us, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. They are life to us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> we have been in the book of Romans for the last several weeks, and we are going to be looking at 
uh, chapter 8 today, but I want to remind you where we left off last week. Um, last week, we were in, we, we did chapter 7, and at the end of last week, these are the words that we read uh, at the end of chapter 7. Uh, what a, Paul is writing, and he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now as we were going through chapter 7, we find that there is, uh, there is a, a, a real dilemma that Paul's talking about. He, he talks about wanting to do what's right, but for some reason not being able to. He, he doesn't want to do certain things, but he ends up doing them anyway. And he, he just, there's, there's a frustration and, and what, we, what we decided, we know that there are a couple of different uh, bodies of thought as to Paul's situation. Uh, some people think that this was uh, a, his situation before he was saved. Others will say, no, this was a situation in his life after he was saved, but before he had uh, a, a, another experience with God. What, what I said was, Let's lay aside those theological debates and allow other people to have them, but let's come to the conclusion of this, that we, that we believe that God does not want us to live in that condition. That God has something better for us. That, God, that Jesus did not save us in our sins, but He saved us from our sins. And that the power of the cross is powerful enough to deliver us from the power of sin and that we can and should and God is in t intends for us to live lives of victory for Him. And, and so Paul, at the end of that chapter, he, just, he, he voices this frustration okay, in, his, in his writing. But then in chapter 8 he begins, and this is what I've been telling you. We, we're, as we were looking at chapter 6 and we were looking at chapter 7, I said, there is a chapter 8. And in chapter 8, Paul begins by saying, there it, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Wow, is that ever good news? There is, therefore, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Now, I just there's two laws here. There are, there are two laws involved here. One law is the law of sin and death. And we've talked about that over the, the last several weeks as we've been looking through the, the first few chapters of Romans. There's a... There's a law that says you, you have to keep the law, and you can't just keep part of it, you have to keep all of it. Okay? And, you, and if you don't keep it, if you don't keep the law, that's sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. So there's the law of sin and death. If you want to try to keep the law, that's very hard to do. It's nearly impossible to do. You can, you can count on the fact that death is going to come into it. Paul pointed that out to us at various times. But now there's a law that also has come into effect, and it's the law of the Spirit of life. Where the Spirit is giving us life. Listen to what he, he continues to say. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by sinful nature. You see, the law, the only thing that the law did was it, it enumerated and listed the things that God expected us to do in order to live a life that was pleasing to Him. There were, there were lists of things. It said, thou shalt not have any gods before you. You shall 
not covet. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. Those were the laws. But the problem was, was not with the law. Paul says the problem wasn't with the law. The problem was with us. Because we had within us a sinful nature that would not allow us to do what God wanted us to do. So he says, for what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. Now we, we've talked about this. I, just, I can't ever get tired of telling you this. Because the reason we do that is because the more we tell you about it, the more it sinks in. And at some point in your life, if it hasn't already, it will just, all of a sudden, it'll click and it'll become a reality. God sent Jesus into this world to die on the cross, to be a sin offering for us. When you and I receive the Lord Jesus, when we trust in Him by faith, when we say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm going to trust in what You did on the cross. I'm going to trust in Your, in your blood to, for, you know, to cleanse me and for You to forgive me of my sins. The Spirit of the living God comes to dwell inside you. See, that couldn't happen before. Because you were dirty inside. And the Holy Spirit couldn't live in an uncleansed vessel. The Holy Spirit, you, if you read in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon people. But the Holy Spirit didn't indwell people. It was only after Jesus came and became a sin offering where sin could literally be eradicated. Where it could be, it could be forgiven, it could be covered, and we could be cleansed by the power of God that the Holy Spirit could come and live within us. And that was God's plan from the very beginning. He said, I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to get rid of your heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. And I'm going to write my laws on your heart. Now listen to what happens here. This is really important. And so He condemns sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. I want to stop for a second. The righteous requirements of the law never went away even after Jesus died on the cross. The righteous requirements... See, when God gave His law, he wasn't just giving a bunch of rules and regulations that he, he uh, sat down one day and said, yeah, you know what, just to make life a little bit, I'm just going to... He gave those rules and regulations for the benefit of those who would follow. Life would be better for everyone if they lived according to the law of God. And so, what God was saying to the children of Israel when He gave them the law at Mount Sinai, they didn't know Him. They had no idea who He was. They had come out of 400 years of being in Egypt, and they, they knew about the God, all the gods that the Egyptians worshipped, but they didn't know who God was. Moses said to God when he was at the burning bush, he goes, what's your name? When they ask me who is behind all this when I go to tell them I'm going to take them out of Egypt, who do I tell them you are? And so God took them from Egypt and He took them into the, the, the desert of Sinai, to the foot of Mount Sinai, and at Mount Sinai, He asked them if they would like to be in covenant with Him. And they said, yes, we would like to be in covenant with you. Okay, if you want to be in covenant with me, here are the 
the rules that, that here are the conditions that you must follow in order to be in covenant with me. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God that brought you out of Egypt. Therefore, you shall have no other gods before me. And he begins to show the people what he is like. His law was to show who he was and what he was like as a God and that he could be trusted and that he had their best interests at heart. Those righteous requirements never went away when Jesus died on the cross. How we get there changed. See, how, how we arrive at those righteous requirements, that changed. Before, we just simply missed the boat. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? You see, before Jesus came, we just, we just didn't measure up. But now Jesus comes... He dies on the cross as a sin offering. Now, God is able to forgive us of our sins. He's not just, he doesn't just forgive us of our sins. The Bible says He cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1.9 Now, what happens... Listen to what happens here. And so He condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. You see, the law of, the, the law of sin and death has been changed to the law of the Spirit. Now, the Spirit has come within us. And the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Christ, lives within us, and the Spirit is the one who is directing us, who is controlling us, who is mentoring us, who is leading us, who is showing us and helping us to, to know what the things of God are. The Spirit has come into us, and things have changed. So, the righteous requirements of the law, you see, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. So what happens when you and I live according to the Spirit? The Spirit leads us in such a way and guides us in such a way and moves us in such a way that we fulfill the righteous requirements of the law by the power of the Spirit of God. Now there are those, and, and, and I, I, really, I really don't have time to do this this morning, but I just want to mention it. Right, right after the Supreme Court decision that happened a few weeks ago that, that everybody was up in the air about, I, I read, uh, I, I was reading a, a, an article or a blog by this, this Christian guy, and um, he, was, he was talking about how what the Bible says in the Old Testament, you know, is, is just, it's no, longer, it's no longer valid because the law has been done away with. He goes, he goes, we don't eat shrimp anymore. Or we, we eat shrimp now, but you know shrimp was, it was, it was, you know, it was illegal in the Old Testament. And we, don't, and we, still, and we do this and we do that that the, Old, that the Old Testament law said before. So what, what, he's, what he was saying is the dietary laws and the ceremonial laws that God set up for the Israelites 
has the same weight as the moral law of God. That's wrong. The moral law of God still stands. It's still wrong to kill. It's still wrong to steal. It's still wrong to take the Lord's name in vain. It's still wrong to lie. It's still wrong to covet. You see? It's still wrong to do all of those things. You see? The righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Even to the point where what Jesus said, you heard it said, but I say unto you, you see, the, the, the Spirit of God leads us into all this. I was telling the girls last night at the Transitional Center, we were talking about uh, the, uh, the Word of God, and we were talking about how Jesus said, man lives by bread alone, but not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I said, what happens is when you read the Word of God, when you just immerse yourself in the Word of God, I said, what happens is, is this. Is the Word of God, the Word of God sits right there. It sits right there. And, 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 and you find yourself in a situation and the Spirit of God whispers the Word of God to you. See, the Spirit wrote the Word. All, all Scripture is given by inspiration. See, So the Spirit whispers the Word of God into your spirit. Why? To know what you should do. So that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in you. See what I'm saying? Okay? And so what we, have to, what we have to do is we have to understand that's what, that's what the, the work of the Holy Spirit. If we don't live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit of God. And we have to understand that the, that the moral law of God still stands. Let's go on. Those who, and he just, now he just takes some time to explain. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Did you hear what he said there? Hello? What he said there, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. They have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. They get up in the morning and their mind is set on what do you have for me today, Holy Spirit? How are you going to use me today, Holy Spirit? What do you have in store? Spirit of the living God, I am at your disposal today. I am, my heart and mind are set on what you desire today. You see, because those who live by the sinful nature, they have their mind set on what that nature desires. They get up in the morning and they're thinking about how they can please themselves. What can I do today to make my life better? What can I do to make my life happier because my happiness is more important than anything. Have you met people like that? Have you run into people like that that they, they just their their focus is what's going to make me happy? The rest of you <laughs> get out of my way. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, they have their minds set on what the Spirit desires, and that. And the perfect example of that was the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when He said, Father, is there just any way, is there any way at all you can, you can accomplish this plan of Yours without Me going through the cross? And God said, the Spirit said to Him, no, there isn't. And He goes, okay, okay. Not My will, but Yours be done. Are we there? Is that where we are? Are we there? Are we at the point where it doesn't matter what it is, but our minds are set on what the Spirit desires? 
The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Look at the difference there. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. There is, folks, there's just there's a defined line there. You either have the Spirit of Christ or you don't. And if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't belong to Christ. Because anybody who belongs to Christ has the Spirit of Christ in them. And you're not controlled by the sinful nature, when the, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And the only way the Spirit of God will live in you is if you trust in Christ, and therefore you have the Spirit and you are You belong to Christ. You're His. But folks, i got to tell you something. We can't can't afford to get careless about that. A A lot of what's going on in the church today is a result of carelessness when it comes to the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you get... When you get careless, your mind can get, can get sidetracked onto things that, do not, that are not the Spirit's desires. And that creates a conflict in us. And that's not what God wants for us. Listen to what He says here. We continue. But if Christ is in you, Your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. But it gets better. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. In other words, folks, your body body is going to die. If you live long enough, if, you, if Jesus tarries, if, if He doesn't come back, if, he, if Jesus doesn't come back for a hundred years, none of us will be here. Those of in the, in, we're, we're going to be gone. Our bodies will die. Our bodies will get older and we will die. That's just a given. Okay? But right now, even though our bodies are dead, because, and that's a direct effect of sin, it's a direct effect of the fall, the curse, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll surely die. It's a, a direct effect of that. And, but even while our bodies are dying, our spirits are alive because of righteousness. Because the Spirit of God has given us, He has made our spirits alive because He, he lives within us, and our spirit is alive because of righteousness. However, since you have the Spirit of Christ in you, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Hallelujah. He who raised Christ from the dead, the Spirit, will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. At at some time then in the future, as Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to ever be with the Lord. So the Spirit of the living God, this, this, this just blows my mind sometimes. All of the believers from the time of the day of Pentecost through wherever, whenever Jesus decides to return. Many of, many millions and millions of them are no longer anything but dust. 
the spirit of the living God, the spirit of the living God that lives in you by the power of that spirit, he's going to put all of them back together and raise them from the dead. Whoa, man. That's the spirit that lives in you and me. And he is going to give life to your mortal bodies. And of course, the Bible says that we, that we will all be changed in the twinkling of an eye and we're going to have an imperishable body at that point in time. I mean, that's worth at least a hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. But it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if, you, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God and daughters of God. Listen, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba, Daddy. It's a very intimate, a very, a very loving uh, um, title uh, to call. You know, my, my kids call me daddy or they'll call me papa or pop or something like that, but it's a term. That, you know, my kids walk into me and they say, well, good morning, Father. How are you? No. It's a terms of endearment. Hmm, somebody should write a movie about that. And, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, listen to this, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Right here, right now, today, the Spirit of God is witnessing to you. If you're a, He's witnessing to you in two different ways. He's witnessing to you and He's saying, you're my child. You're mine. You belong to me. You're mine. I'm here. I'm dwelling in you. You're my child. Or He's speaking to you and he's saying you're not but you can be you're not but you can be and i want you to be please come to me i want you to be my child the spirit is testifying to us now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. Listen, I'm going to tell you, we don't, Christians in Western civilizations, really, we don't really like this part. But I've got to tell you something. Times are coming. The times are coming when, when there's going to be some, there's going to be some requirements we're going to have to do some things that we don't want to do in order to walk in holiness and in victory with, with the Lord Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you something. This, there's, there's coming a time, and it's, and it's already begun, folks. It's already begun. Where taking a stand for righteousness <clears throat> is going to get you labeled. It's going to get you labeled as a fanatic. It's going to get you labeled as a hater. It's going to get you labeled as everything. It may not be true. doesn't mean it's true. But it's going to get you labeled that way because the world is not going to understand. They do not understand the concept of righteousness and holiness. And until the church begins to show them that, <clears throat> until the church begins to show them that, by the lifestyle that they live in holiness before God. See, the problem, in, the problem in America, is there evil in America? Yes, there is. is there, are there things going on that are beyond description? Yes. There are things that you, that, that you don't even want to talk about that are, that are so evil. Pro 
But the problem here is, see, God, God spoke to Solomon and He said, if you want your land healed, if you want your land healed, if you want your country healed, Solomon said to him, well, what, Father, Lord, what happens... What happens when the people forget? What happens when they do this? What happens when they go here? What happens when they drift off this way and they drift off that way and they don't, they don't, they don't walk in your paths? What happens, what happens then, Lord? He says, if my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then, and, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. A lot of the reason that this country is in the condition it's in is because the church has faltered and it is more like the world every single day. And the world doesn't see any reason to change when the people who profess the name of Christ are no different than they are. They do the same things that they do. They act the same way that the world acts. But they tell the world, you have to change. And the world will change when people of God begin to act like people of God and begin to do the things that God asks them to do who have their minds set on the Spirit's desires. We will see the world look up and see a church that is, that is spotless white, ready for Jesus to come back and doing the work of Jesus. And then they'll look and say, now that's something that I would like to have. God help us to get there. It doesn't start with a group. It starts with individual believers who determine in their minds Spirit of the living God revive me again. Revive me again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before You today, we thank You, Lord. Thank You for the Spirit of the living God. Thank You, thank you Holy Spirit, for testifying to us that we belong to You. Lord, help us to set our minds on what Your Spirit desires every day. Help us to immerse ourselves in Your Word every day. Lord, we, just, we thank You for the privilege that it is to be called a child of God. Help us, Lord, not to lose our focus. You're here today, and the Spirit of the living God testifies to you and says, you are my child. Praise God. You might be sitting here today and the Spirit of the living God is saying to you, you're not my child, but you can be, and I want you to be. If that were your situation, I would love the opportunity to pray with you so that you could know that you too are a child of God. That the Spirit of the living God could come and live in you. That the Spirit of the living God could quicken your spirit. So just for a moment, in a private moment here, is there anybody here that would just say, you know what, Pastor, I, I'm not getting that witness. I'm not getting the witness that I'm a child of God.
Would you pray with me? Would you just lift your hand up so I can pray for you, first of all? Anybody? I'm not going to prolong this. I'm not going to. I just I want to give you that opportunity. Father, thank you. Thank you for our for meeting with us today. Thank you for your Spirit helping us to see your Word. Thank you for what the Spirit does for us, helping us to walk in victory before you, Lord. We want to please you, Lord. We want to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's the most important thing that we can do. With the Spirit's help, we can accomplish that. Take us from this place now, Lord. But before we leave here, Father, we just want to take a moment to pray for those ministries which you have so graciously given us, given us and allowed us to be a part of. We just we we love being a part of the kingdom work. Jesus said, "My father's always at work." And we see that, Lord. We see you at work everywhere. Thank you for allowing us to become involved in some of this some of this kingdom building work. Not only in, in uh, physical resources, but in financial resources. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of what happens in the kingdom of God. And we, we do today. We just, it's good to have Brother Art with us. And we pray for E Prison Ministries, Lord. And we just, we thank you for the, the things that are being done through that ministry that are building the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is being expanded through that ministry. Thank you that we can not only do some of our church members work there and are involved in that ministry, but we give to them monthly, Lord, and we're glad to do that because now we're a part of every soul that comes into the kingdom of God. We've had a hand in it. And we thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for the ministry at the, the Transitional Center, Lord. Thank you for the lives that were represented there last night in our meeting and for, and for the prayers that they prayed for revival to come to that place and into their own lives. Thank You, Lord. We pray that not a single girl will ever leave that place without knowing the Lord Jesus as their Savior. We pray for Love Serves and the work that they're doing in the Dominican and we thank You for them and and Lord, we know that there are a number of uh, mission group, missionary trip groups that are going down there this summer. And we just pray that they will be able to accomplish the physical things that they want to accomplish, but also that there will be a spiritual impact upon the people of the Dominican. Thank you for the thousands of souls that are, being, uh, that are coming into the kingdom because of, of that ministry. And we pray for our missionaries. We thank you, Lord, for the baptisms that are taking place, that have taken place in Thailand. Thank you for the fruit of that ministry. Pray for, for Chris and for Silk and their continued uh, outreach ministry, Lord, that they are doing. We just pray for them. Pray for Todd and Shelley in the Middle East. And Lord, we know that they live in a place that's, that can be dangerous at times. And we just pray for their safety. But we also pray, Lord that you will just continue to give them opportunity to just share the story of the risen Christ. And we know, Lord, that some of their friends have been ha uh, that they have been working with have had dreams about Jesus. And Lord, they're asking questions, and we just thank you, Lord. Father, we just we, we pray for our daycare. And you have kept that alive for so many years. You have... It has had an impact on the lives of so many families. And we thank you. Thank you for the summer camp and all of the things that are going on in the daycare that touch the lives of children in a positive way with the truth of the gospel. And now, before we close, we just want to pray for Vacation Bible School tonight. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for this. 
we've, we've laid it out here. Thank you for the team that has just done all this work. But the spiritual work will be done by Your Spirit. We acknowledge that. So by Your Spirit, would You fill this place with children whose hearts are ready to hear about the power of the living God and what He can do in their lives. Not just tonight, but all week. May they see the power of God to forgive. The power of God to heal. All of these things, Lord, we just ask by Your Spirit. Help us, Lord, as You take us from this place. May we just be good representatives of the Kingdom of God. Good ambassadors. Showing people what it would be like if Jesus still lived on the earth. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Stand right now.